Hey, good evening, mental health warriors out there. Thanks for tuning in for episode two of Real Talk Thursday. I'm super excited about my show today. I'm, I'm blessed to have a good friend of mine on, and you know him from the other VTT shows, Trigger Joe. He's agreed to come on the show today, so it's going to be an awesome show. Uh, super excited. First of all, I want to say that if you're in the path of the storm, please be careful out there. Take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones. Drive uh, slow on the snow. Uh, I have been putting driving tips out on my Facebook page, uh, all about that winter driving tips. You know, you put the snow tires on, you check the pressure, you do all that, and then you head south until you heat the sun and you jump out and put sunscreen on. And then there you go. That's how you drive in the snow. But hey, uh, thanks for tuning in. It's going to be a great show tonight. I'm, I'm super excited. But before we jump into it, you know, be sure to go out to uh, veteranstrashtalk.com, visit our merchandise store. You can see all of our great t-shirts we're wearing. And of course, being Real Talk Thursday, I got my Don't Be a Triggered Pansy shirt on because uh, we don't want anybody triggered and you shouldn't be triggered with this show. But we're going to get in and talk about things that are really, really maybe triggered to somebody. But hey, if, if anything we talk about triggers you, just be sure to uh, think about it. Reach out to a family friend or a buddy and just, you know, talk about it. It's okay. Uh, you can also get my t-shirt out there, the Veteran Trash Talk Mental Health Warrior. I, I say all the time that it is a t-shirt that could save a life because I had the crisis number put on the back. Because you never know when you walk by somebody, you know, what they're going through, what's going on in their life. And so that's that's important. And actually, uh, if you watched the last episode uh, of, of Mental Health Warrior Real Talk Thursday, the first episode, I started talking about pain and not physical pain because our bodies can help us adapt to physical pain. I was talking about mental pain. And, you know, I talked about the pain that causes us to do things that we normally wouldn't do. And that pain could be caused from trauma, uh, could be caused from a, a physical injury that led into your mental pain uh, or anything and, and good ways and bad ways to deal with that. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit tonight. Uh, but also, if you guys watch my podcast, you know what December 22nd is. Uh, and for those of you who tune in who don't know, December 22nd is the day in 2002 that I attempted my life, uh, attempted suicide, and my brother actually saved me. So we call that, what do we call that? Today's the alive day, Joe. Is that what we call that? Yeah, the alive day, man. My alive yep. day. So I, I had never heard that till you said that the other day. So I'm going to adopt that. Uh, so today's Absolutely. my alive day. So uh, with that, Joe, do you have anything you want to add to the audience before we dive right into it? Um, no, I, I, I'm kind of waiting to give my insight when you delve into the subject matter, just because uh, you and I spoke offline and this time of the year, um, um, aside from and on top of what you were talking about, what this day means to you, tends to be a year where people seem to define themselves on uh, how, how many presents they put under the tree or, or how well they're doing financially. And it can be... Uh, um, it can be mental torture, you know, to sit there and, and judge yourself so harshly if if things aren't going well with work or relationships or whatever. It seems to com compile when it's Christmas time and, and be harder than it normally would for yeah. people. So, yeah, I'm just uh, definitely interested to hear what we have to talk about today because it's a, it's a good time of year to, to discuss it. It is. And, you know, we're three days out for Christmas and, and, you know, for a lot of people who out there who are unemployed or underemployed, uh, you know, it's a tough, tough time for them, you know, and, and, you know, when you can't quite give all the kids the stuff you want, uh, you know, that's, that's hard. And that's, that's a, that's a tough decision to make. And that weighs on a lot of people. And, and I get a lot of comments all the time from people and, and things. And, and, you know, there's times in my life where I couldn't, you know, get what I wanted for my children, but that's okay, because they got what they needed and they were happy because in, in the end, 
if they get something, then they're going to be happy with whatever they get. And, and they have to learn to don't always get everything in life that you want. Uh, that's just life. It, that's how it happens. Uh, but that's kind of important. But, you know, on the last podcast, I, I dove into um, physical uh, mental pain. And I talked about my PTSD, post-traumatic stress based on 9-11, and kind of how that put me on the path that I went on when I attempted suicide. And it's amazing how anxiety and the mental pain of that can affect somebody. And you can be the strongest person in the world and you can be the most elite athlete or whatever. But if you have anxiety issues, it can be absolutely crippling. And I talked about that on my, my uh, last podcast says, you know, when my, you know, I get Botox in my back because of my injury and stuff. And, and when that kind of wears off and all that pain and weird things start coming back, you know, I get those weird pains in my chest and it's not my heart, but it freaks me out. And, you know, it's a mental struggle for me sometimes to get through that. And then you top that off, you know, 95% of the time I'm at home alone with my eight-year-old because my oldest is in college, you know? And so I've had to adjust to that. And then it, then panic sets in, oh crap. Well, what if something happens to me? What am I going to do? I'm the only person here, Right. And so if something happens to me, my wife, you know, she's six, seven hours away in Rhode Island and juniors three hours away down in Farmville at, at Hampton, Sydney, where he goes to college at. Uh, and so that's been uh, a really a hard time for me to adjust to uh, with that. Uh, of course, now with the holidays, everybody's here and, and it's good. Um, but, you know, it's just important, uh, you know, and, I, and Joe, you know, when I was having a bad day, you know, I called and talked to you and we talked on the phone for, for about an hour and I, and I appreciate your time and your insights that you gave me when I was, uh, when I was dealing with that. And, and that's, that's great that, you know, I had you to, to call and talk and you understand, uh, you know, kind of what I was dealing with and going through and, and sorry if I'm fidgeting too much, but, uh, you know, it's a hard thing for me to talk about. And so that's how I kind of compensate, you know, for that. Um, but I think it's important for me and to talk about that and the importance of, of, you know, one thing I said is, if you don't think that your pain's normal or abnormal, I just want to let you know that it's normal to you or it's something that happened to you. You know, a lot of times with PTSD, people try to compare themselves to others, right? And they're like, well, I don't understand. Me and Joe could have been in the same situation, right? And even on 9-11, if you watch my 9-11 episode with Jack Dutille, how he took 9-11 was completely different and how I took it. And how I internalized it and felt guilty the fact that I couldn't save anybody. And all it did to him was made him angry and he wanted to go deploy and kill somebody. Sure. Completely two different ways to look at something. And I think for a lot of times when people are having mental health issues, they compare themselves to others. And, and others compare them. But you don't know what somebody's going through unless you walk in their shoes. And you can't even really walk in their shoes. Um, you and I, Joe, could have very similar experiences, but it's not the same experience. It doesn't make it any less. It just makes it different. And I think too many people too many times try to compare their trauma to somebody else's trauma if it's similar. And, yeah. and I think that's kind of where people sometimes get into trouble when they do that. What, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think the biggest challenge when dealing with something like that is you don't know how how hard you're setting yourself up for failure because what you're doing is you're looking at everybody's facebook shell yeah. basically you know it, you're you don't see 
the things they don't want you to, you know? So you're looking at them and they've got it all together on the outside. Yeah. And what you don't realize is they're doing the same thing to you while going, man, if he knew how effed up I really was. And, and it's almost like you're blindly doing the same thing and no one's communicating about it until you have an hour long phone call and realize, Hey, you know, Cliff's going through something or you're like, Hey, you know, Joe's got his own shit too. Like, after an hour-long phone call, it makes you feel more normal to hear somebody else's problems because, like, in the moment, it's so easy to give advice because it's, like, freeing you. You're like, oh, shit, he's, he struggles just, you know, he struggles just like I do. He struggles with this or this is challenging for him. And it's like you never think that of somebody because that's what's on the inside. You only see that on yourself, and you only see the good things that they project. So you're judging the discrepancy between the two of you based on a fraction of the details and you're getting all the bad about yourself because that's you. You're go always going to be your own biggest critic. Yeah. And you're only seeing what this other person is projecting, which is usually going to be the best version they can project at that time. Yeah. That's a good point. And I didn't even think about that. You know, with Facebook and social media, people do project not, not their bad things or what the, the thoughts are talking about. Now, sometimes they do. Um, Some do. Yeah. You know, if you, and, and I've had, uh, people who I don't even know. Um, oh, I, I put a thing out on Facebook where if you have the different colored hearts, you know, what does that mean? You know, I posted that because I didn't know that. And I had a friend of mine, uh, Linda, who's actually going to be on the show next week. Uh, she would always put a different colored heart. I had no idea what that meant. And then once I found out what that meant, I felt so guilty because some of the times it was a cry for help. And I, I didn't realize what the hearts meant, the different their color. color I, I didn't know that either, that they're color code. Yeah. And so when I posted on, on Facebook, you know, of course, some people were putting out the different color hearts. Well, I was going through looking at it and the ones that will put, you know, hey, I, I'm not having a good day or I need help or something. I, I try to give them a positive sentence uh, and reply back to them. Uh, say, hey, you know, I hope your day is getting better. I hope things turn around for you. You know, I understand what you're going through, uh, you know, because I don't I don't know what they're going through, but I understand what it is to to do that. And just to if somebody was going to put something like that out there, I don't know if it, it was I don't know if it's a cry for help or they just wanted to say something to make them feel better. You know, sometimes it just feels good sure. to talk about stuff. I, I don't know. Uh, well, you know, I, when, you, when you see someone that posts um rapid fire and, and it's usually slanted towards the negative you can kind of weed those people out um or or when you you know somebody's really like this guy doesn't usually post like this or i haven't heard from this person or this is some serious language like i don't want to be here anymore like you never you know you know you never slough that off yeah, uh no. you know somebody whining about their boss it's one thing but you know, you, you can, after doing this for a long time, you can kind of start to see um, the gravity of things based on Facebook. You know, it's yeah. a lot of times there's there's a lot of Facebook posts where someone's looking for them to validate, validate their complaint rather than they're really struggling. That's, that's, that's a good point. You know, and then, you know, of course I'm on Facebook and Twitter and True Social and Rally Point and, and all those social media sites and I, and I monitor all those and I post everything. Um, but you are right, because you do get the followers, um, you know, who comment on your post every single day. And I, I have those. And then I also have some that that do that. But then here lately, they've they've kind of not really said a whole lot. But then when they do say something, it's not the same. You know, they say, you know, 
you know, how you talk to somebody has meaning and you can't express meaning in a text or in a, in a word. I, I disagree with that because I think if you look at the word, that word can have meaning to you. If you take it in context of, of who that person is and these people I've never met face to face, but if, if they're not saying something different than what they normally say, that usually in the end. Yeah. What's up? What did he say? Because if I go at him uh, one, I'll. Okay. So, um, you know, you guys make comments on Facebook and stuff. We're going to go in and, and try to read it. Um, we try to monitor that. So we're going through three different pages. Um, and so we'll, we'll come up to your questions. But to go back to the point that I was talking about, um, you know, especially when we're doing these live shows, right? People come in and they comment things on the Facebook pages and, and the other pages that we're on. And, and we try to answer those because it's important. Um, you know, I, I try with my podcast to try to talk about things as, as much as I can that maybe trigger people or not. Um, but we had a comment that come up and, and I want to comment on it. So Joe's looking it up uh, for me right now. Um, but please, if you're, if you're watching the show live right now on Facebook and you got a question you want to ask, uh, please put it in the comment session. We will get to it, whether you're on my Mental Health Warrior page or the Veteran Trash Talk page or the Gruntworks page. Um, we will get to those. Even after the show, I go in and uh, look at you guys' comments and try to to talk about that. I will offer up uh, why Joe's looking that up. If you, if you go on the vtt.com and you go to the merchandise store and you look and find my t-shirt, you'll notice there's two people who are modeling the t-shirt. Um, that person, those two people are actually the ones that developed that mental health, uh, app that I talked about on my last show, um, ear kick. And, um, it's, it's, a, it's amazing app. I use it. Uh, if, it's only for iPhones right now, they're hoping in 2023 to get it for the Android, but you can use their website, uh, earkick.com and I'll post that. Um, but it's a great interactive mental health tool and it really had helped me with, uh, you know, after I got off the phone with Joe and talked, and I went in and, and hey. looked at it with the anxiety of it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Joe. no, I just, I, I just switched over. Let me apologize because I do do another podcast for VTT, but I should have been monitoring that comment. Um, Jonathan Paul says he goes in for impatient on the ninth. Um, and all I can tell you, brother, is um, I'm a combat veteran. I'm not doing this to give a resume out. My brothers would kick me in the nuts for trying to sound like a big badass, but I'm a combat veteran, Purple Heart veteran, and uh, I did the inpatient program at the VA. Um, six weeks inpatient, and if you go there with an open mind, I promise you that probably saved my life in the moment. Um, it's a great program, and uh, you should be proud of yourself for actually going to inpatient and reaching out because you're doing something, and if you go to that program and put in the work, it will not be worse when you come out. You'll definitely pick up some tools. It, uh, it might do for you what it did for me, which was in the moment, it, it literally put my life in perspective and my own mortality and how I was playing fast and loose with my existence. And it really made me value being here more. So uh, I'm hoping that it does the same for you. And, uh, you know, big ups to you for good on you for, for having the guts to step out. And uh, reach out for help, and and I'm I'm praying for you, brother. I hope it does the same thing for you that it did for me. You know that's that's and and I want to say also thank you for sharing that because um, 
you know, to say that you're going to go and do that is, is pretty amazing. And like you said, those, those inpatient treatments, they can really make a difference uh, in your life. And, and here's a tip that I want to give you. When you go into there, try to be as honest with those counselors as you can. Because we know from my experience, and I talked about this, you know, when I first entered counseling, I just lied to my counselor. You know, I just wanted to stamp on my order saying I was fit to duty and go back to, to uh, you know, but even after my suicide attempt, I still had a hard time building trust with my counselors. And it wasn't until I got through that oh, and yeah. I was able to be honest with them about what I was feeling and why I felt that way that I actually started to feel better. And sure. you know, that's, that's a hard, that's a hard road. It's, I got one for road. you about the inpatient program uh, story that I'll never forget. I remember in Technicolor, we had to write a trauma account. There were like four to 10 pages of the worst moment you saw. And Jonathan Powell, I hope you're still sticking close to the screen. Cause this one's, this one's important. You know, I go in there, I was probably in the best shape of my life. Uh, I was lifting weights every day, you know, typical, Typical paratrooper, you know, and uh, the doctor I had was really effeminate and he was a male and he was built like he couldn't find the gym with the GPS. Right. And uh, he had a very effeminate way and soft way of speaking. And I just didn't respect him because of that. Keep in mind, I'm in my late 20s, you know, and uh, I didn't respect him because of it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. That trauma count thing, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, you can forget it. Uh, I didn't feel, I didn't deem him worthy to read it. And you know, what a, what an arrogant standpoint that was for me. Yeah. So he calls me in the office and he was like, you know, well, you're going to do it. Um, just like everybody else that graduates this program. And uh, I was like, yeah, well I'm not. And he goes, okay, well there's the door. And I looked at him and I said, excuse me. And I, I was kind of a hothead and, uh, hence the nickname that Nick kind of inadvertently <laughs> gave to me. Uh, you're saying he triggered And I said, that. you know, excuse me. And he goes, he goes, no, excuse me. But I didn't come to your door asking if I could help you. It was the other way around. And the trauma counts the next step in the program, or this is the end of the program for you. And that's the only way I'm going to say it. And like right there in that moment, I was like, all right, this guy might have just called my bluff and drew, drew a line in the sand on me. And I wrote it. And, uh, I've read it and I still got the sheets and there's watermarks for me reading it out loud, you know, with, with them rolling down. And, um, he made me read it every single day. Wow. Sometimes multiple times a day and out loud silently didn't count. Yeah. And the, 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 the idea is the same idea as a bandaid, you know, the let, the more you, the more you do it, the, the more you realize it only stings for a second. You know, in, in, in that moment, when you're done talking about it, you're done talking about it. And it's also teaches you how to kind of not live that moment for two days when you tell the story, which you and I have spoken about how that's a very hard thing to do is to shatter that adrenaline ceiling in combat or through a fucking Airbus hitting a building you're in. I mean, yeah. my God. Uh, and I may have got the dynamics of that wrong, but who cares? Uh, it doesn't matter you know it's, it's it's the sheer awesomeness of that kind of power changes you and then afterwards you lived in it for three days so it's like that story in the initial when you think about it it's like it's going to linger with you and linger with you and 
the more you deal with it and unpack it, the more you can be done unpacking it when you're done and, and, and realize you're not devaluing your brothers or, your, or the situation or the people that died by saying, I'm going to talk about it for five minutes, but what I'm not going to do is be stuck in that moment when my kid's asking me a question later and have to be like, what would what, you say? Like, I'm going to be, and, and it's a, it's a, it's something you've got to learn to do. You've got to, it's muscle memory. You've got to learn to unpack it. And otherwise uh, it's like an albatross when you think about it around your neck, you know, it, it, it you're stuck in the moment and, it, and it's holding you there. Um, knowing that you can be out of that moment when you're done addressing that moment is, is it's very freeing, but it definitely takes some work. Um, so what Cliff says, definitely go in with an open mind and, uh, give those people the respect that you would want. And you might learn a thing or three and come out a better person for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm betting you will. Hey, and, um, you know, that's the hard thing, right? Cause you, you internalize it. And when you keep it internal for so long, it's hard to get it on the outside. You know, when I finally learned how to open up and talk about my experience, right? Not just with my suicide, but with 9-11. And of course, I deployed, you know, an Operation Iraqi Freedom. You know, it, it's, it, it doesn't make it easier, but it helps me kind of understand. Because if you keep everything in your mind all the time, it's only your mind that's going to think. And then your anxiety sets in and then the pain sets in, then the drinking sets in or the drug taking or all the other shit that happens. You know, I get that. You know, I went from happy go lucky guy at a all the way to laying on my brother's couch on today. And had he not come home and find me, I wouldn't be sitting here because I took, I took enough sleeping pills to kill, kill me, you know, and in fact, they were able to bring him back. Two liter. You know? Yeah, you're pouring a two liter of trauma and shit into a shot glass of space. Yeah. And everything else just gets put on hold. And uh, yeah, it's it's brutal in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, that's why they call it a scar. Yeah. You know, it's something that it can it can heal very ugly, but it can still be dealt with. Yeah. Um, at any time, you can choose to address it differently. And, um, you know, the only guarantee with suicide is you're never going to get a chance to deal with it differently. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, and then you wonder, you know, how it would have affected my family, you know, three days before Christmas, right? The ripple effect is yeah. incredible. Yeah, it, is, it is incredible. So I, I, you know, we, we, I would say that if you're that person, right? I get it. I understand it. Joe gets it. You know, if we they always say, well, you, you didn't walk to walk. Well, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, I walked to walk. And this is why I do what I do. And this is why I do my show. And this is why Joe decided to come on in, in to the show with me. And that's why the other day when I picked up the phone and called and we talked, uh, you know, it really helps each other out. But yeah, I say this all the time. If you are in that place and you're sitting in that dark room and you're drinking or you're doing something, and those thoughts come in your head, change your environment, get up and turn the light on in that room, go switch the music to something else. I don't know. Go watch Rick and Morty. I love watching Rick and Morty. Uh, uh, you know, go do something different. You know, that's one thing we talked about, you know, when, when my anxiety kicks in in my head, you know, you, you said, well, go do something different, right? Go, if I'm sitting, you know, listening to music and the music's you know, cueing in my anxiety, go listen to different music or go do something different. Uh, just to try to change or go for a walk, you know, go work out, go do something different. 
and try to change your mindset. Uh, If that doesn't work, please, to God, pick up the phone and don't be like me because I was too much of a pussy to call somebody for help. Yeah, I was. Cliff, Cliff, I want to caveat off what we were talking about earlier. Um, And that is, for love of God, when you're down, stop looking at everybody else on Facebook thinking, why can't I have it like he has it? Yeah. That's right. I got a good friend. His name's, well, he's become a good friend, but I haven't known him for a long time. His name's Sam Medina, um, actor, has been in um, in the business. And yeah. he said, people come up to me and they think my life, you know, not often, but they think my life is glamorous. And he's like, hey, bro, you want this life? Take the pain with you. Yeah. All right. You, you think that being in the movie business is glamorous? I mean, the first 12 years of his life were in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. He came to this country. He didn't even know English. Yeah. Uh, and, and, he, and he moved up. Yeah. How do you think you get from there to star, co-starring in a movie? Well, I mean, he was the op four in Mile 22 against Mark Wahlberg. You know, Sam was the bad guy in that movie. He was the guy that uh, Venom bit his head off in the uh, liquor store there at the end. That was Sam. And uh, how do you think he goes from an 11-year-old from Ho Chi Minh, Vietnam, to that. It ain't because he knows somebody or he has got an uncle in the biz, you know? Right. I mean, he's like saying, like, hey, man, you think that's glorious or glamorous? Yeah. Like, like take the take the road that got me there with it because um, don't ever look at somebody's on the outside and think, man, if I was man enough, I'd have it like he has it. Yeah. You know, he might be dying on the inside, just like you are. Yeah. And if you talk about it with him, chances are you're going to be surprised. You know, everybody's everybody's got some kind of a headache, some kind of a hassle or something they need to unpack in their life. Every, everybody. You know, and, and, you know, I talk about this, but, you know, this time of the year, people are, are moving boxes around your, your, you know, your, your, of course, your Christmas decorations may up or not if you celebrate Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate this time of the year, you know, and you come across that box of mementos you know, I talk about this, that maybe you have a buddy or a loved one or somebody that you haven't seen for a while uh, that might be a triggering event for you. And how do you deal with that in a positive manner? If you're already in a, in a hyped up anxiety manner now, uh, you know, when I do my speaking events, I talk about that um, because, you know, when I posted and it's on my Facebook page, but when I when you see a picture of me in my dress uniform, standing over the hats, boots and gloves, I wore on 9-11. Up until that day, they took that photo, those pictures set in a box for 13 years. And it took that guy an hour and a half to get the, you know, how photographers are. They want to get everything exactly right. I'm standing there staring at those things for, I haven't looked at for 12 years. Mm. Right. And it bring, brought me back to what I did on 9-11 like that. And sure. that, that threw me into counseling hard. And I was shocked by that. I was shocked by that. That something that I hadn't looked at or thought about, you know, maybe I wanted to avoid it. And that's why I never opened the box. Right. Probably so. But that profound effect that it had on me, I, that shocked me, you know. Sure. Yeah. No, the, you know. It, uh, like, especially if it's apparel, too, um, because you can pick it up. What's the first thing you do is if it's like a, a shirt or something, like, oh, this thing does it need to be washed or something. And all of a sudden it hits you and it's like, whoa, because yeah. nothing smells like Iraq. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, should, that should be a T-shirt because that's yeah, truth. Right. Um, you know, they, 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 Dave's watching BTT's face, man. He knows exactly what it smelled like outside the room of our chew because yeah. trash was burning a football yeah. field that direction. 
And uh, it's like uh, Jamie Foxx says when he went to Africa, he said, the only thing I didn't pack is an extra set of nostrils. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, because he was going like on safari and stuff like that. Oh, he yeah. was like, yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I remember my interpreter saying that we stunk because we had Kelowna. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I guess everybody's got a different version of what stinks. Yeah, no, right. You know, well, you saw that picture. I think it was on VTT. They posted a G GP medium and it said if a picture, you know, a picture could have a smell, this would be it because y'all remember what that smells like. Mm. It's the same thing with, you know, I see pictures of Iraq and, and fires and stuff. It's, you know, in my mind, it's like I can smell what's what's going on, even though it's not there. And, and that's one thing about PTSD, right? It, you know, I talk about that is that that trigger event can come back to you and it's like the most vivid dream you've ever had and it's there at that moment and smells are the worst for me and, and i'm sure a lot of veterans are, they're probably are the same way uh, that, that you know smells really bother them at times yeah oh yeah it's the strongest scent tied to memory yeah yeah like you can literally smell a perfume and remember an ex-girlfriend while being married oh. to another woman it's yeah. true i mean i for me at least yeah um, no, yeah not not like currently has this happened but like my mom's Disclaimer. vanilla spray that she wore her whole life yeah i remember my wife sprayed it and they had the same one and i was like look i was thinking like she come by or something my mom come by she's like no i sprayed that like i was like i smell that vanilla spray and she's like i've got some but i literally was looking for my mother because <laughs> she lived right down the road from us because she had yeah. sprayed it but um no uh, there's all kinds of little mementos like that and the goal is to get to a point where if it's something from a day that was like that day's never going to be rewound in my head and be like come out good it's always going to be a rough day the the goal for me is to get to where i am with certain things where it's like okay I, this is upsetting it's upsetting me now because it's usually about two three o'clock in the morning when it's happening and I've gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, well, you know, do you want to go take some time and be upset? You want to keep doing this, or can we can we call it? Are we done? Are we done for right now? And you know, having that that option is is not something everybody has. But you know, the reason why I jumped on that with uh, with the, our viewer that was commenting is I, I've been through that. You know, to get to a place where I was balanced and a woman like my wife can stand being in the same room with me every single day out of the year, I had to work at it. You know, I did the six-week inpatient PTSD program. And, and that's no joke. You're not going to some roundtable where they gather the chairs. They took me to Arlington and I got to see Rollins because um, he's buried there. And the last time I had seen him was in Iraq. Um I mean, they actually made us do work, and I'm not going to talk about some of the stuff that they did there because it is sacred to me. Yeah. But um, I was allowed to give some people a funeral in my mind, but it's a physical funeral setting. Yeah. And I can't put into words how therapeutic that was. Well, it gave you. I can tell you that they, 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 you got to read a eulogy for the guy, the people that you're talking about. And I was standing there in front of a church of like 100 veterans that were in the program with me that I didn't know. And I could feel my knees like shaking. And all of a sudden, here it comes. And I'm standing there and I didn't realize it, but it was completely, I could, there's nothing I could do about it. The tears were just coming. Yeah. And it was like, dude, I haven't cried like this since I can't remember. Yeah. But it was like a therapeutic moment where it was just like, hey man, it's okay to cry for those guys. 
you know it's okay to it's okay to do this and know that you're not walking away from them you know you just gave them a funeral and you meant it and uh that program is incredible so i would recommend it to any veteran that is basically thinking that life is not sustainable at this level for them mentally or emotionally yeah. go talk to somebody at the va um because i can tell you right now i talk to you every single night and eventually i'm going to lead you that direction to people that are, you know, higher qualified than I am. But that's what VCT is about, right. you know, is, is catching that, creating a community of people. And every few days, somebody reaches out and says, hey, I'm really, really struggling. And we all come to life. Um, I had a friend that's of mine. We're I just have... strong in numbers. That's what veterans do for that's, each other. Yeah. You know, I had a friend of mine reach out. I haven't talked to him. We worked together, but I retired, you know, a year ago. And he left a year before that. So I didn't talk to him. He texted me out of the blue and said, Hey, Cliff, you know, I got this veteran friend of mine. He says, do you know any programs that might be able to help him financially? And I gave him some, but then I went on, you know, kind of our group VTT chat and said, Hey, do you guys know of any other programs that I may not, you know, realize? Cause there's so many of them out there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I gave him, I don't think a list of 10, you know, different, you know, nonprofits that could help, you know, veterans out there. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, people out there that want to do a lot of good things and really want to help um and i think you know just asking for help you know but also being willing to help you know that's that's kind of hard and sure. and if you're not in a good place to help somebody you know it's that's okay too uh you know you can always reach out to somebody else and try to get them help if you don't think that you can help them and, and you don't shouldn't feel guilty about that and i think sometimes people or that way, but if you sometimes you can make the situation worse, right? If you're not in a good place and you're trying to help somebody, you can make that worse, and that's that's tough to go through, and that's that's hard. Not not that I say I'm not saying to refuse help to them, but you know, just know your limitations when you're helping somebody. Because you know, I'm not a professional, Joe. You're not a professional. We're just two guys that had some moments in our life that were pretty effed up, and we're just trying to keep people from you know becoming a, a number. You know, we don't want any more numbers, 22 a day. And it's probably way higher than that uh, is way too many. And that's why I do what I do. That's what way you do what you do. And, and we all go out and try to have fun and enjoy it and, and, and really want to help others uh, is why I started, you know, season two with real talk Thursday to kind of go ahead and dive into those, those issues and problems that maybe people talk about in the dark corners or when they've been drinking or nobody's around. And I really want to bring that to light. Um, and so if there's any topic out there that our audience would like for me to talk about here on Mental Health Warrior Real Talk Thursday, just throw it down in the comments, either on Veterans Trash Talk or Gruntworks or on my web uh, Facebook page, and uh, I'll, I'll bring it up and talk about it. You know, you know, one thing I want to talk about, and we're going to wrap this up here real quick, but, you know, I, I try to do as much things with my family. We're all here together. My oldest son is from back from college. And my wife's in from Rhode Island because uh, she lives up in Rhode Island now because Navy stationed her up there. Um, and so we went to Muse Painting. Have you ever done that, Joe? We go in and you do the, the family and they, they, they have a painting and you paint something, right? And, and the world's worst painter. It's, it's a lot of fun. Everybody but me and the family has done yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you should try it. It's really, it's, it's kind of therapeutic, to be honest with you. I, I enjoy it. You can drink wine there or whatever. And, but this is, we went the other day and this is, this is the, the painting that we painted. I would be like Bob Ross doing all the pine trees. But I know, right? And uh, but oh, it's, it's awesome, it's, man. It's kind of it's funny because me and Junior did our swirls the same way, 
And Lloyd and Crystals did theirs exactly the opposite, but they were facing a different way. So I, I just thought that was interesting. interesting. But this 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 picture had an effect on me. And, I, and, and to me, it's always like, I'm always reaching out to something, but I never could, could never reach it. I could never get to that vortex. And I'm always running to the forest and I never could get to the vortex. And I don't know why I thought that when I was painting that. And it's just the weirdest thing. And so I'm sitting there the other night and these are sitting on a fireplace now because I don't know where to hang them up yet. And I started thinking about that. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, but it's just something. Makes that... me think of Raid Shadow Legends where Ronda Rousey runs into the game. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but it I, does. It makes me, it makes me think of one of the, um, oh, God. What, when they're with, oh, uh, Austin Powers where they keep doing the countdown to start hmm. the start the time machine. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and they she starts counting down at like 29 yeah, and she's go. screaming. And he's like, can you just make it from five, please? <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's funny because as Lloyd was was painting his and he was on uh, and I, I did a, a story on it, the different steps. But he had he had just done. Oh, they made us paint the black part first and then the blue part. And he and then we did the swirl part next. Right. And he got upset because he didn't. I wish I should. I should have brought his painting down. But he was upset because it wasn't looking the way it was. But by the time he got to doing the trees, his painting turned out amazing. And then he was happy with it again. And so, you, so you know, you think about that for a second. So just because things aren't the way you want them on at this moment, one tree can completely change your life. Because Lloyd's perspective of his painting completely changed. And the guy walking around was asking him, he's like, so what do you think about your painting now? And Lloyd's like, yeah, it's pretty cool now. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, you know, and he got pretty happy about that. So, you know, I, and we're going to wrap this up, but I just want to say that you know, things can be hard now. They can be tough. They can be ugly. You don't know if you're going to make it through. You're in the middle of a snowstorm and, and shit's hitting the fan. Power's going out and things are in a, in a chaos. Just take a deep breath and the chaos will settle. You can get refocused and realize that when you hit the next stream, everything's going to be okay. And yep. maybe that's in my mind that I was thinking that, uh, you know. No, it's a, be you know, it's a beautiful way to put it. Um, it's uh, it's what I'm looking for. When when things are going good, enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. And when things are at the bottom, this too shall pass, and because it always does. It always does. Yeah. So enjoy the good times while they're there, and know the bad times aren't going to last. They never do. I mean, it's ever, It's it's you always up and down. You know, if if I if if you know, you look back on your life, right, and you look back at the bad times, and you're right. They always it always passes, and. If, if you have the right mindset, and this is when, you know, I'm sure you did this when you, you came out of PTSD clinic and, and, you know, when you go through counseling and stuff, once you learn to live again, right, once you make that turn, you don't ever want to go back, right? When you honestly make that turn I'm, and you're to that point, you don't want to go back and be that person again. And you'll fight and do whatever you need to do to keep from doing that. I know that because I struggle with that. And I, and I do my best not to go back to be that, that person. It's, that it's, it's freeing once you, you know, once you get to, once you get to this point where you don't feel guilty, enjoying life again, it's a, it's a freedom that you didn't afford yourself for a long time. And uh, you don't want to just give it up. And the good thing is you're the one that's in control of it. So. That's true. 
you know, in, in, you know, I talk about it. Why for so many people, does happiness bring in pain? And I was that person. If I was truly happy in the moment, that absolutely made me miserable. No guilt for your pleasure. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and why? Why? Because you think, oh, well, if I'm happy, something bad's going to happen, right? Because things yeah. happen bad in the past. But I'm thinking it's not always like that. You know, just enjoy, well, the, happiness. Just enjoy the moment. You know, we talked about yeah. that on the phone the other day. You know, I, I told you about that, that sometimes happiness brings me pain. You feel uh, guilty for enjoying it almost. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess or, si or silly because it's like, ah, oh, you know, this is going to go away. Yeah. But, but it's like, but you're right. Some, it's not always like that. Sometimes the purest, most sustainable forms of life will bring you joy. And that's, that's a good thing. There's nothing to feel bad about when it comes to that moment. Really, really, really live in it. Cause even if it's your kids, they grow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, uh, we went up, uh, well, I'm going to finish up with this, but, uh, you know, Tuesday we went up to Cumberland, Maryland to this Polo Express train ride right? Lloyd's eight now. So he's kind of getting to that age where Christmas is going to kind of not be like it is when they're little with Santa Claus and everything. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed just, just going, but I, I told the wife, I said, we're going to go and do this because we don't have too many more years of this, right? Cause he's the last kid. We're not having any more kids, uh, you know, until junior has kids and hopefully that's years down the road. Um, but so, you know, I just wanted to go and have that moment. And it's, it's when Santa Claus got on the train, you know, Lloyd was back to that, that five-year-old kid and, yeah. and junior, even being 18, you could see the look on junior's face, you know, even when the Santa Claus, the guy in the suit come up and gave him a bell. I mean, I have the picture on my phone. You can see the look on junior's face. He still enjoys that. Sure. You know? Yeah. And that was just a, just a big happy time for all of us, uh, you know, um, but Hey, uh, Mental Health Warriors, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. But before I sign off, I want to ask Joe, do you have any uh, last comments to anybody out there who's listening before we get off here? You know, just, Joe, just, words just, of wisdom. To, just to touch back on that, you know, um, Cliff mentioned it. But, man, if it's uh, one thing in the holiday season, if, if alcohol is something that you're using to not deal with things, try and skip it just this one time and and see if you don't get somewhere because it's almost impossible dealing with this stuff if you're not sober and uh if sobriety is an issue that's what cliff talks about about being okay to help others you know it, you got to be sober to do it um so that's all that's my one thing man i i i used to hit it hard with the pain pills and the booze and everything else and it's it's no way to live so um if that's an issue reach out to somebody and get help yeah. Reach out and reach out. You know, I had a doctor and I'll real quick that, you know, I went in, he asked me, he says, how much do you drink? And I'm like, well, you know, I drink, you know, six ounces of scotch a night or whatever it was. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, um, have you tried about drinking just two ounces less? Well, okay, sure. Yeah, I could try that. That's all he said. Yeah. And that stuck in my head. And then I, and I get home and it's a couple of weeks later and I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll try instead of drinking six ounces, I'll drink four ounces. Right. And then a year later, I went and saw him. He says, well, how, how much are you drinking? I said, I'm drinking four ounces of scotch, you know, every other night or whatever. And he's like, well, how about if you just reduce it by two ounces again? Mm. And that's what he did for three years. And now I still have a drink, but I don't drink nothing like I did before. I don't sure. drink like I drink because, you know, it's a, a joyous event or if I, you know, some nights you just want to have a beer, right. Or yeah. you just want to sit, you just had a good day or something good happened. You just want to sit and enjoy the moment. 
but I, I don't drink for my pain anymore. If it's okay to if it it's okay to knock the edge off, it's not okay to make it to lose all make it so you lose all feelings. You know, it's, it's not okay if you're trying to numb out. But taking the edge off of a long day, yeah, I, I had to learn how to drink like that. Yeah, because um, I was a hard drinker and I wasn't any good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, anybody good at hard drinking? I don't know. Uh, uh, who knows? But uh, hey, mental health warriors, uh, thanks for tuning in to Real Talk Thursday. I want to wish everybody out there a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, next week, I do have my good friend Linda on and, and a good friend of hers, Miguel. That's going to be a great show. I'm not going to lead into it too much, uh, but please tune into that. Uh, please take care of yourself. Please take care of your family. If you're in their wave of the storm, make sure you prepare uh, for that and be ready for that if you're in the path of it. I know here in Virginia, we're supposed to get mostly rain, but some high winds. Uh, but please take care of yourself. And hey, if you're that person who's sitting alone in that room and you don't think you're important, I want to tell you right now that you are important to somebody and they love you and they want you here tomorrow. So please pick up that phone, that cell phone. Don't be like Cliff and give them a chance to help you or reach out to somebody for that help because I guarantee you they would rather have you here tomorrow than not. Uh, yep. So with that, everybody have a great holiday season and take care and thanks for tuning in.